1: Welcome to You Love to See It, a podcast where we watch TV shows and movies and tell you all about them. I am your host, Danielle Shovelit Riendo, and I have two wonderful co-hosts here today to talk about a very special 1993 sci-fi action movie today. We have Fernanda honka Prachas.
2: Hello, it's a pleasure to be introduced as uh, what I think is a euphemism from for sex that perhaps only exists in Stallone's mind. So, a true joy, a bucket list type thing here today. Hi.
1: We're making all the dreams come true today. Uh, The the 2032 dreams. I also have Merit Pizza Hut K here today.
0: Yeah, be well, be well.
1: Uh, Comforting greetings or calm greetings, whatever the greetings are. So, in case you hadn't guessed it, this week on You Love to See It, we are watching the 1993 sci-fi action schlockfest demolition man.
0: at the end of a century ravaged by violence a society of perfect order will arise criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons but in the year 2032 this morning simon phoenix escaped from this cryo facility we are quite frankly not equipped to deal with the situation
1: how was the fiendish simon phoenix apprehended back in the 20th
0: In the end, it took just one man. John Spartan.
1: You mean the Demolition Man.
0: Two mortal enemies... Just dropped
1: in and say hi!
0: ...from another time... Pass is over, John! Time for something new and improved! ...will be unleashed on a future that isn't big enough for the both of them. Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes. Demolition Man.
1: And of course, Demolition Man uh, It's pretty easy. I just took it from Wikipedia here. 1993 American science fiction action film directed by Marco Brambilla in his directorial debut is starring Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, because it is, of course, Snipes Month, Sandra Bullock and Nigel Hawthorne. Also, Dennis Leary is in this movie. And so is Ben Bratt. So those yes. are some other people. <laughs> All and right. Dead so, Black for a few seconds. For a few seconds. Yeah, he is yeah. Uh, Wait, one of the one of the peeps. black is yeah, oh, is next
0: is two. and Rob Schneider is. Oh here, my god, Rob Schneider
1: is in this movie.
0: Unfortunately, Rob Schneider is in this movie.
1: Yeah. Only for like four lines, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, That's four too many lines. <laughs> he, um, is but, yeah. he is here. He's here. He's a uh he's a guy in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh as always, we start off with the first scene. It's a section where we talk about our history with the uh, cinematic masterpiece or disaster piece that we have chosen for the week. Uh, Fernanda, I want to let you go first here. Have you seen Demolition Man before? What is your history with Demolition Man?
2: Yeah, I, I think like a lot of people my age, probably I saw like a lot of bits and pieces growing up. Um, and then I rewatched it in my early 20s, when I went through my action movie phase, particularly like a very Stallone, Schwarzenegger, uh, Van Damme-heavy phase that uh, kind of lasts to this day, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> and then I, yeah, and, and it it was known as a bad movie, right? Like, that was the thing. It's a bad movie. We all know it's a bad movie. But <laughs> when I rewatched it um, at that age, I thought it was, like, so cool, Um and that's it was one of the movies I actually suggested we did this month because I just remembered it being so cool. <laughs> and yes, and then I rewatched it yesterday for the purposes of the show and I realized I had missed um some points <laughs> that were <laughs> that were made. I noticed that I may have uh my brain mercifully uh blocked out some some of the elements of the movie and highlighted others like Three seashells, yay! Weird <laughs> sex scene, yay! Uh, Pizza Hut, yep, sorry, that's not Pizza Hut. Um, Pizza Hut Bell, slash yay. Taco Bell. Yeah, like, it just, uh, and obviously Wesley Snipes being absolutely amazing. Um, but there were other things that I'm very, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to, that I'm very curious to hear uh, both of your thoughts on, because I feel like we need, we have some some material to unpack here today.
1: Yeah, we have, a, it's a rich text. Uh, Mary, what is your history with this rich text? <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, I think I had seen it. I think I also had probably seen it, like, as a kid um, on TV or something, so probably edited. Um. Yeah, I think the cover of it really scared me Aww. when I was a kid. Like, I think I saw ads for it or for, like, was there, like, a tie-in game for this? I'm actually curious. I think
1: there was. I think um, there was.
0: That, yep, yep, there was. Um the cover of that game, whenever I saw it at the rental store, I mean it's the same as the cover of the movie basically, but it's like still on its knife staring at each other. It like really scared me for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's just like they're just like so like close and it looks like they're gonna fucking kill each other. It's <laughs> um which is what it's supposed to do, but I don't know why. It just really spooked me. So I you know, I knew all the highlights of this movie, or I thought I did. Um, because when I rewatched this last night, I briefly thought I was losing my fucking mind <laughs> because of one particular thing, and I don't know if you want to talk about that now, or we can do it later. Um, there was a Demolition Man for the 3DO as well.
1: Incredible. Apparently. That that somehow feels perfect for this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like it yeah. must, right? Yeah this movie occupies kind of the same space in my mind as like street fighter the movie and maybe that's just because the police uniforms really remind me Mm -hmm. of like the the ones in street fighter but actually the costume designer on this movie is the same costume designer who worked on david lynch's dune
1: incredible
0: yeah so um you can kind of see uh or or one of them at least uh bob ringwood uh worked on this and um You can kind of see some similarities between, like, the still suits and um, the body armor that uh, Simon Phoenix and his friends wear near the end of the movie. But, um, yeah, so I hadn't seen it in years and um, watched it again last night. Yeah.
1: This was my first time with Demolition Man. This is my first time watching it. I never saw it before, somehow. I'm not sure how, but I somehow never saw it. Uh, Even though I I really like Total Recall, which is exactly what this is kind of trying to be, I think, maybe, on some level. At least in terms of a lot of production design and, like, action movie that works somehow as a commentary and also a dumb, fucking, fun action movie. And it sure doesn't work on one of those levels. I will say that. (laughs) Spoiler alert! Does not work on the commentary level super well. But, uh, perhaps... Perhaps, perhaps works a little better as a very, very stupid uh, action movie. Let's get into the plot though here. And uh, Merritt, I definitely want to talk about the element uh, that you've taken your name from, and also, well, your not your name in life, but like your name just for in this general,
0: week. <laughs> I named myself after this movie because it's very important to me. Uh, you know, just I, I just named myself. Yeah. Taco Bell, Taco, Taco Bell combination of Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. Uh, yeah. It's very key part of my life.
1: It's Well, it's a key part of this incredible film. Um, but we start off, and we might just put a blanket content warning for racism throughout this whole fucking movie because this movie probably needed a content warning for racism. Uh, but it starts out with a shot of L.A. burning and the titles say 1996. And this, poof! oof. Yeah. Oh, boy. We're already starting out. Like on this right here, this is only months, I believe, or, or I believe it was written or t- something happened. This is not long after the actual L.A. riots.
0: The L.A. riots were in 92. 92. This so this, this
1: is only this is very, very close to that happening. So already we're fucking on one uh, Sylvester Stallone playing <laughs> his fucking name, <laughs> John Savage. Uh, uh
0: Well, I think you'll find it's John Spartan.
1: Oh, right. Which is Spartan. funny,
0: which is funny because uh, that's also the name of the Master Chief. It John is. John 113, I think, or John 116 or something. Uh, and he is a Spartan. So it's like, huh. Did they oh, get so, that from this?
1: So Halo is this. This is Halo. Yeah. I
0: mean, yeah, Master Chief is also called the Demolition Man sometimes by his friends.
1: Oh, my God. I am I can't believe I misremembered him as Savage, even though my notes definitely say Spartan. In all caps. So <laughs> I'm doing great. They do Already? call him a savage Well, he is times. sort of a, a,
0: like a, a brutish fellow, you know? Yeah.
1: It's true. And he is also the demolition man. Uh, but he is a cop. They're going in in a helicopter. They're going to try to save some hostages who were on a bus. And his hunch is that it's Simon Phoenix who is, you know, holding them, uh, holding the hostages here in L.A., which is now a like permanent riot zone. I guess it's burning. It's bad. It's racist, uh, is what it is. Uh, but we have a kind of incredible introduction to Simon Phoenix as he does just a fucking monster ass line of coke. Has the best outfit in the world, and he kind of like doing a doing a little dance routine around his his rival here. Uh, it's it's kind of I have complex feelings about. Wesley Snipes in this movie, but he sure puts in a a performance. I could put that in the positive column here. Uh, Does anybody else want to talk about the uh, introduction of Phoenix and our rivalry here?
0: Um, Yeah. So, well, this scene wasn't in the original script. Um, Wow. In the original film, it starts in 2032. um, And somewhat like the script went through like a lot of different hands. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. That's
1: apparent. Yeah. It
0: was written by Peter <laughs> Lankov, who went on to do the the remakes of um Hawaii 50 MacGyver and Magnum P.I. before he was fired last year because um apparently he was like a really, really horrible guy to work with.
1: That sucks. Yeah.
0: Um but uh yeah, it went through lots of rewrites. Uh Daniel Waters, uh who had written Heathers, uh yeah. he he uh redid the screenplay. And then um someone who was it someone oh fred decker yeah. uh who uh is known best for monster squad and night of the creeps okay um he added that prologue because that was he was like yeah. he, he said like if you don't show kansas oz isn't all that special which i think is uh, is true like yeah. it would be weird to just start in 2032 yeah and like have this guy be like hey i'm from the best but things are different here <laughs> Um, sorry, we, we should probably preemptively put a moratorium on Stallone impressions, like we did in Rocky, because otherwise I will just do a really shitty yeah. Stallone impression, like, throughout the entire episode, so you'll have to stop me if I do that again.
2: Don't threaten us with a good time, Merit. Okay.
1: Wow, yeah, I mean, listen, this is a safe space for bad Stallone impressions, okay? So, like, if you gotta do it, you gotta do it, you know?
0: Uh, but yeah, <laughs> fair point. So yeah, uh, I mean it's like it's it establishes what's going on. It it was weird to be like, oh, oh, okay, this is the what you're going for. At the same time, uh this like yeah, okay, so there is the specific thing of like, okay, this is so clearly about <laughs> like yeah. uh the LA rides. And at the same time, there was a trend in the 90s of basically you know, movies that were, like, 80s and 90s of, like, any major coastal city in the U.S. is going to become a fucking nightmare wasteland. And, yeah, (laughs) actually, a lot of that probably is racialized. But, like, I'm thinking of Escape from New York as well, Mm -hmm. where it's just like, oh, yeah, we just turned Manhattan into, like, a giant fucking prison, because, like, that's how a lot of the country already thinks of it, as just, like, a hellhole. So, like, it's kind of just, like, yeah, projecting these anxieties into, like, Mm -hmm. You know, oh, of course, cities will degenerate into lawlessness and like chaos because of, you know, various reasons depending on your particular political taste. But
1: right, yeah, Waters, it, it, that is a fair point. Go ahead, go ahead,
2: yeah. No, just quick observation because Waters did say in an interview, just uh, complimenting what merit, said that uh, that they that the whole thing was basically a giant rewrite. Um, that the whole, like, the original uh, script didn't even, like, wasn't comedic at all, that they really edited. And that, yeah, there were so many rewrites that he ended up with a writing credit because apparently that wasn't even the plan.
1: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it kind of, I feel like that kind of shows up on screen a little bit because this movie is a bit of a mess uh, in a lot of ways. But yeah, it's just, like, I completely see the point of, like, oh, yeah, every city becomes a hellhole, but, like, holy shit, being just a few months after the, LA riots is like oh, insensitive oh at
2: best, right? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. At best.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like if we're being generous, it was an yeah. insensitive, uh, uh, yeah. yeah a little bit. for the whole thing. Uh, a
1: little bit fucked up. Uh, a little and bit we see up. a
2: lot of that lack like, of sensitivity appearing a few times. We're going to get to it, but yeah, there's um, a,
1: there's a scene yeah. that I absolutely definitely want to hear, uh, your anecdote about for sure a little bit later on for sure mm. uh but yeah we have that we have this 1996 section does not last very long uh simon phoenix again wesley snipes looking incredible uh he's he's like oh is it cold in here and he sets the whole place on fire which is uh, interesting they have a big old fight a lot of things happen there's a lot of guns there's a lot of explosions boom 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 the whole place comes down and uh, we're walking out of the place and uh, John Spartan is talking to his cop supervisor who says, damn it, John, I'm sick of you, demolition man, shit. And it's like the only New York slash New England accent that you get in kind of the whole mm. thing. Except for when, you know, Stallone goes into it a little, because he does on occasion. He just does that, I think. That's just him. A little bit. But we get, you know, the thing where they say the name of the movie. So that's cute.
0: They say uh, it a bunch of times, they too.
1: They say it a lot. They
0: say it a lot. I've uh, had enough of this... this- demolition man.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's like cute when they do it once, but holy shit, they do it a lot. (laughs) Then we get a holy shit moment where one of the first responders says, there's bodies everywhere. The hostages were in the building and they died. And because of this, and because John was, I guess, remiss, like he said, he scanned for life signs or whatever the fuck, but he, he didn't see them because of this. He is sentenced To cryo prison until 2046. And we have a really actually kind of cool scene where he comes to the cryo prison where he is frozen and he will be changed behaviorally. They're going to do things to your brain while you are on ice. Uh, So, yeah, he's sentenced until 2046, which is interesting. Um, But somehow, for some reason, 2032 happened. So, any any other notes here? I actually really love the way this was framed. I thought there were some really fun shots here in the sort of freezing sequence. This reminded me the most of something like a Total Recall. Like the production design, I will say, just generally, I love the production design in this movie. I thought it was really fun. It's really like 80s, 90s, unsubtle, but like lots of industrial, funky looking things. Uh, it was kind of creepy. It was kind of a kind of a scary, scary looking freezing scene. So. Yeah. yeah. Any notes on that
0: or shall we move along? No, I and um, I, agree. I realized. I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, I just agree. I love the look of the entire movie. And I think that may be why like the general aesthetics of it stuck with me as a kid so much. Yeah. Just they were there, especially the scene where he gets like frozen. And and uh he did talk about it. I saw in, I think maybe on IMDB the, the IMDB the trivia, but he did talk about how that was just the most miserable six hours of shooting for him. Ah, and yes. He was just terrified
1: of the whole thing. Yeah, producer Paul has put this in uh, the notes. Yeah, thank, thank you, Paul. Thank you for the, for the good notes there. Yeah, he's kind of naked too, which, you know, I don't know. He's, look, we talk a little bit about thirst on this podcast and I think it's fine, but he has a nice looking butt. He has a nice looking butt. Or he did. I mean, <laughs> it's I'm like sure it's too- still nice.
2: <laughs> I, I'm not so sure, but I think I love it that it's his rotisserie chicken face where he's like super <laughs> tan and super moist all the time and chest for days. They had yeah. to show it off. He wasn't doing all those hormones for nothing. They needed oh my to. God. It's
0: true. Um, I realized rewatching this that this scene is where the Austin Powers defreezing stuff comes from. Yep. Uh, the 100%. Austin Powers cryogenics. The whole idea of the Austin Powers cryogenics thing, I mean, it's probably drawing on some other movies too, but like primarily like the whole like when they're getting unfrozen, like the like plasma injection beginning. Like it's just like the warm red goo phase beginning in Austin Powers. Like it's it's almost identical. Um but yeah, that was I thought that was really funny.
1: Yeah. It's honestly been a Genuine adventure and treat to like in the last couple of years, especially because you just watched Austin Powers to like,
0: like two years figure from-
1: out <laughs> where all of these. Th- no, I, this is not like yesterday. This is like in the last. Okay, years. Yeah, like where various random shit from Austin Powers came from has been kind of a fun adventure for me to, to see. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is absolutely one of them. And we kind of cut to 2032 happening. And we've got Sandra Bullock here. Sandra Bullock, young Sandra Bullock, uh, who is kind of like a really bored future cop, and she's driving in a very sunny, very matte-painted, futuristic SoCal. Uh, there's not really any crime, or at least there's not much crime, so there's kind of nothing for her to do. So she, we just kind of get this introduction to these goofy fucking cops and like what society <laughs> is like in 2032. Now, it's not 2046 yet. John's not up for parole yet, but, uh, you know, 2032, how? Huh? Then we get, I guess, inciting incident number two because we already had like our our cool inciting incident in the in the beginning in the before times. But we get Simon in a parole session. So Simon Phoenix is here, looking all thawed out. You know, he's gotten thawed for a little bit, and they're going over his records and all this kind of stuff. And holy shit, he's able to get out, and he knows all these codes, and he knows all kinds of shit. And it's like, oh all right, somebody, clearly somebody high up has let Simon Phoenix out of cryo prison. and Why? And, yeah, we don't know why yet, but it's like, clearly he knows some codes. He He makes a comment about like, how did I know that? He just knows shit. Like some shit has been put in his brain. And he goes on to commit a whole bunch of murder-death-kills, <laughs> which really upset the cops who are not used to crime being a thing anymore. Uh, Does anybody want to talk about this incredible sequence of murder, death, kill, and the cops being very upset? There's a cop who just, like, throws up, just, like, thinking about murder, death, kill, which is funny.
2: Uh, We can get into it now, I guess. Because that's the whole thing, right? I didn't remember um, from the movie that they have this message about this hypothetical future that is so politically correct and so yeah. clean and that people can't swear and and I didn't know and I would find out Today, (laughs) looking at (laughs) it on YouTube, that it obviously, it's obvious, but but I didn't really, I had never stopped to really dig deep into the Demolition Man discourse, I guess. But (laughs) I found several terrible Brazilian YouTube channels, um, (gasps) including one man who's like just the absolute worst and who obviously became a politician (laughs) because that's how things happen in Brazil. (laughs) And he, they're all talking about how Demolition Man predicted the future, this quote unquote pussified future in which, (laughs) you know, uh, and I'm sure we'll dig deeper into that. But I wanted to bring it up now because you're talking about the cops. And I, I noticed that a lot of this discourse that. Talked about how wise this movie was for knowing how horrible <laughs> this clean future would be. It was about the cops. Like this is what they want. They want cops to be so like lame that they cannot even fight crime. And it's just looking back, it's just it's such an easily weaponizable situation and scene that of of course this happened. But I just I was consumed by this this morning. Like I went on a full on rabbit hole of this <laughs> situation.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to be said about how this is like libertarian hellhole kind mm-hmm. of shit. Like that's that's very much kind of where it's where it's going and and what's happening with it. And uh, we actually had, let's see, there's a quote here that again producer Paul kind of put in here. Uh, Waters, okay, yeah, 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 it's okay. So it's uh, writer Daniel Waters. Film came out at a time, the question is, film came out at a time where there are wars about the concept of political correctness, which have shifted, but hardly gone away. I'm curious about how you see that aspect. And the answer from the writer was, somebody linked me this diehard, I'll put it charitably, libertarian guy who wrote, actually, Demolition Man is the great thesis statement of the 90s. It's like, whoa, whoa, what am I? Going to be Mr. Anti-Politically Correct now? No, just having a little fun. Remember, Stallone says that Dennis Leary is going to have to clean up again. The end of the film. I guess that's a spoiler, or whatever. it John Spartan advises the local leadership and Leary's character, Edgar Friendly, leader of the rebellious underground, to figure out a middle ground. They're gonna have to mess up. I am in the middle. So we've the got on both sides. In the middle. We got on both sides from yeah, both our
0: writer.
1: Yeah, which is uh, here
0: are the different sides you can be. You can be either like a woke lib uh who's not allowed to cuss. Or you can live in the sewers with Dennis Leary and eat rat yeah. burgers. <laughs> so kind of pick your poison in the future because the future fucking sucks. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I love um, Sandra Bullock's uh, office. Like, a ab- good. She's yeah. obsessed with, with the 20th century and everyone is like chastising her for being ob- obsessed with it. Uh, and she has like... All this shit like I'm sure you could find like a video or like essay that just has like every single reference (laughs) Uh, and because she has like movie posters um, and this is a universe where Arnold Schwarzenegger exists as evidenced by a later remark that uh, he was briefly president and this movie came out before he was the governor of California Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff where people are like, oh, this movie was so prescient. Like, people don't want to shake hands and toilet paper is expensive during COVID. Whoa. Yeah, like, like, okay. Uh, and it's just like, <laughs> all right, guys, this is like Simpsons level. Like, you know, someone's going to basically hit it. Um, but yeah, she, that's her whole thing. is She's like, she watches too many action movies. She wants to be a cowboy. And um, so she is like, you know has all this contraband and stuff and and her colleagues are like, why are you so obsessed with this like brutish era? Um and we get we do get uh Rob Schneider here. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. A brief
1: a brief Schneider. Unfortunately yeah. Rob Schneider
0: is in the movie. Um <laughs> he is in the movie, unfortunately. It's not very good. Um but we do get Benjamin Bratt as well as yes. Officer Alfredo Garcia, which I realize that those are two names that could just be put together to form a real name. That's a wild name. It is. That's it is. like a, that's a wild, wild name. It's a wild Italian name. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, Alfredo uh,
1: Garcia really is like
0: Alfredo a, Fredo Garcia.
1: That's, there's a lot going on with that, you know,
0: yeah. a freelance detective. <laughs> yeah. That's kind a of, novel. Right? Kind of what happens. <laughs> Considering. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 and um, Bob Gunton as the as Chief George Earl, ah, yes. who uh, who was also the prison warden in the Shawshank Redemption. Yes, yes, yes. So sort of known for playing this type of gruff, like you know, police or like detention ass guy. Yeah.
1: All I could think about here in the scene, other than Jesus Christ, what's happening here was also Miss Congeniality that later on we would have yeah. uh, Sandra Bullock, Ben Brett as cops together, um, as like oh, yeah. cops were kind of friends. Although, you know, what happens in miscongeniality is somewhat different than what happens here, but they kind of have that, the vibe, a similar is a vibe. Different. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, it's, it's, it was kind of funny. Uh, that was in my head. It was what, 10 years later, probably, uh, maybe late nineties, early 2000s, something like that. Um, but yeah. I think
0: like mid late nineties, miscongeniality. somewhere yeah. in
1: there, right? Um, yeah, we have we have a whole lot of murder, death, kills, and we get the idea. Again, what a brilliant idea that you know. We can try to accost Simon, and they do. They send in some uh, some cops to try to accost Simon as he has run out, as he's taken the the car, as he has uh, sort of gotten himself to a telecomputer or whatever they're called. <laughs> he kind of uh, it's like kicks those out it's like those
0: kiosks that are just like on the street in New York that you can like charge your phone, and they just have like a random bizarre messages on them. Now, <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly kind of one of those they also had booths like these in the classic uh lucas well before lucas was lucas but he was a lucas uh thx 1138 which is they actually had like therapy booths in Mm. that movie where you can kind of go in and like get like uh like you know mental health services basically which is sort of what this computer is trying to do to simon simon knows again he notes that like oh my god why do i know all these codes why am i getting all this information oh my god i can do all these cool things the cops come to try to accost him of course they don't know what to do there's like a little like direction like one of the cops gets directions about like how to you know deal with this criminal like tell him in a very stern voice (laughs) like of course he kicks all their asses in another really lovely note, uh, Wesley Snipes, who is a real martial artist, uh, and actual punches happen really fast. Um, he actually had to slow down his movements here to, to like, make it read on camera versus what an actual punch is like in real life, which I always am very amused uh, hearing stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Can we talk about the musical stings when he's punching Please. guys, too? Yes. There's this really weird effect where, like,
2: mm-hmm. they just
0: play, like just, like, weird little, like, bits. Like, yeah, like, stings <laughs> or, like, record scratches. Yes. Um, as he, like, yeah, there's record scratches. As <laughs> it's like, whoosh, whoo, as he, like, meow. hits someone. <laughs> but it's not like a track is playing the whole time. It just, like, it's like a sound effect from a comic book.
2: Yep. It is. I remember kind of I mentioned actually. to my fiancé that it sounded like the, I don't know if that's going to make any sense to anyone, the openings, like, the, some scenes from Ghost Rider. Oh, okay. they had the little yeah. like sound effects in the opening. And to me, it sounded exactly like that. And and like you said, there was no track, right? It was just the effects thrown in there and it made no sense with the rest of the movie. Just completely disconnected.
1: Oh, God, yeah, it's it's really it's like they were trying to be a cool 90s movie and edgy in some way. But like, it's just it's just out of nowhere. Um, the fight scene itself is kind of fun. Uh, Simon Phoenix is having the time of his life kicking these cops' asses, uh, and it's that's kind of fun, and that's kind of good. And yeah, they
2: make him like to be an absolute psychopath, right? Like that—that's the whole thing. He's just devoid of like empathy and human emotion. He's supposed to be just the quintessential like—he's
0: a super predator. Person.
2: Yeah, yes,
0: he is. He is like what they would have called in the nineties. And honestly, some politicians still use language like this, yep. a super predator, which is just like basically, you know, from this very like extremely racist, uh, like sociological <laughs> kind of framework about basically how yeah, like just like you know criminology BS um, yeah. to make to justify things like three strikes laws and stuff, but just like you know zero zero morals, zero repentance. Mm-hmm uh just like a a perfect killing machine mm-hmm. and um i mean he looks fun though he he has a fun outfit it's like very <laughs> he has a very silly outfit which like <laughs> yes where does he get this again because this isn't what he was is this his clothes from the past it because must be before he gets the battle armor near the end which he does just put over the clothes that he's wearing earlier Incredible. on i will say that he is wearing coveralls Over he's wearing a a pair of overalls, like denim overalls over like an like an orange mesh top. Yep. Like he's dressed like he's going to a rave in (laughs) in the old west. Like (laughs) like what are you doing? Also, he uh he hated that hair. Um he hated that hair so much. And I always thought that because um, I guess it's just cuz I didn't remember the period that well. I was like, "Oh, this is like a, an homage to Dennis Rodman." Yeah.
2: Uh, oh, but it the it's the other
0: way around. <laughs> Dennis Rodman saw this movie and was like, "I should start doing that." Uh, and then he did. Yeah. Uh, and uh it was a whole thing. And yeah, uh was the same to shave his hair off after this movie.
2: Yeah. A so wise choice, I'd say.
0: I don't it's <laughs> weird how different of a per like he looks like stallone in this and like rocky they look like i don't know different because they're different ages but like wesley snipes in like this compared to blade just like Mm -hmm, the lack of facial hair and like his his haircut he uh, i really appreciate like his range here i guess that he is playing like such a different kind of guy and just to the extent that he like feels and kind of almost looks like a different kind of guy too Mm -hmm. um It's pretty wild,
2: and he's got one eye on each color. Do we ever like get an explanation for? Oh, he has
0: uh, that. What's that called?
2: Bichromia, like heterochromia. Heterochromia. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I don't think that's. I think it's just a thing that you know. It's just a genetic mutation. Yeah,
2: heterochromia. Heterochromia. Okay, heterochromia. There it is. Yeah, you're right, and I don't know if we ever like. Get an explanation for that as a as a character. I don't know,
1: like as as something that's relevant to the character. But I think it looks cool. So he looks. I think he looks amazing in like every moment, like every frame he's in. I want to watch him and not necessarily anybody else in this movie. That's part of like it is that costume design, on. but yeah, yeah, true. yeah. But it does
2: seem like he would go into set like today's just gonna be like. I'm just gonna like just throw shit on the wall and see what sticks. And a lot of it's <laughs> I, stuck.
0: Yeah, like I I don't know. I um I love seeing people who are like, you know, action heroes or whatever play bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it can often be like really fun. And it seemed to me like he was having fun here. And apparently he and Stallone got along pretty well and there was no, like, real, like, ego battle or anything, but, mm-hmm. like, the scene where he's just, like, where he takes out those cops, and he's just, like, oh, I'm so scared. Like, oh, there's do not sarcasm <laughs> anymore. Um, and he's just, like, just wearing his little outfit, and and just kind of <laughs> yeah. vibing, and he's, yeah, he's, like, a, a good, bad guy. Um, he's just, like, having fun, just breaking stuff in the future.
2: I mean, um, who wouldn't, right? Whom's among I've... us? <laughs> but, uh, uh, there was a time and I was I read this in several places, but like apparently I don't know how serious it was, but Jackie Chan was considered yep. mm. for that role. Um at some places I read that he didn't want to play a villain, like that was just really not his brand and didn't think it would go well with his audience. But uh I also read like a deeper sort of uh profile on him saying that he also didn't really like cause he would go on to do uh, expendables with with Solon in the future, and they were good friends mm. uh but that he was like kind of reticent to stay in the u s for a long time and he thought that um and, and like the American um stunt coordinators or something just weren't um as good sure
0: oh yeah, as no, like- I'm pretty sure like also, yeah, Jackie Chan didn't get treated super well mm-hmm. um by by Hollywood in a lot of ways um definitely I don't think had as much freedom to do the things he wanted to do yeah uh at least not for a while but um yeah. yeah so he so stallone is back and he's like i gotta learn about society and stuff you know oh, <laughs> you <God. laughs> we, no it's good we live in a society and you know <laughs> um Anyway, they don't have toilet paper anymore. They use the three shells, which is the thing that everyone knows from this movie. Mm-hmm. They never explain how it works because it's just like a fun future thing. And uh, he, uh, one of my, I think this is actually a really good gag. Uh, there's like machines that whenever people cuss, yep. like print out tickets for them because they get fined. And uh, he basically, he's like, oh, you're out of toilet paper. And then they're like, we don't use that. We use the three shells, and he's like, "I don't know how that works." And he goes up to the machine and just says, "Like fuck you, you fucking dumbass piece of shit!" And like <laughs> it just spits out all these tickets, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna use these to wipe the shit off my duty glass." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, good. It's pretty good.
1: There are some good recurring bits. I love that one, and I actually also enjoy uh, Sandra Bullock, who is so excited to have her kind of hero back, you know, among the living or I guess among the animated uh, that she like has studied up on the use of cool 20th century phrases, but, you know, always gets it slightly wrong. So she's always like, let's blow him. And, you know, things like that (laughs) where it's like, oh, it's it's like the lowest rent joke in a movie where there's some real low rent jokes, but it it just works. I guess she's just selling it It so hard. She's
0: so earnest, I feel like. Yeah, Yeah,
1: she's just selling it real well. And it's it's kind of fun. So her role was supposed to have been laurie petty like she was yeah.
0: fired from that fired because she and uh sylvester stallone didn't get along that's wild. oh so. it
2: was stallone i didn't know i thought it was Apparently. like one of the producers that's amazing yeah. they just said like artistic differences right or something yep. like that
0: yeah yeah um I don't
2: know. would it have worked though i don't know if she could have uh translated as
0: imagine this movie with laurie petty and jackie chan
1: wild
0: there's an alternate universe where that's the like the only difference is that demolition man had those two in it
1: yeah that's a different movie that's just a different movie absolutely banana
0: pants okay yeah and um there is one very important thing about the future aside from the fact basically it's like everyone's cocked and like no one can curse Mm -hmm. no like everything that's quote unquote bad for you is outlawed so it is very much this like kind of like nanny state lib paradise um <laughs> where just world like of betas world of beta of beta cucks yeah um <laughs> but there is one really important thing which is that uh also yeah cult- culture has been reduced to, to just the lowest common denominator so like people just listen to old commercials uh on the radio but like all restaurants are taco bell yep because taco bell won the fast food wars the franchise wars and um There are, like, different kinds of Taco Bell, like, that are fancier or, like, less fancy or whatever. I, that's, like, a really, that and the three shells, I feel like, are the two most recognizable parts of this movie. Yeah. So, when I sat down to watch it last night, I thought I was losing my goddamn mind. Because, (laughs) because when, um, so, basically, Stallone, you know, um, quote-unquote, saves uh, the leader of the, uh, the city Uh, whose name is professor dingus yeah it's cocteau cocteau dr raymond cocteau Cocteau. um when he like quote unquote saves him from simon phoenix he's like i'm going to take you to pizza hut and i was just like wait what the fuck pizza hut what wait sorry what and like i i kept and then he's like Sylvester Stallone is complaining that the guy's gonna take him to pizza hut and i was like am i is this me going insane? Like, is this one of those like Mandela effect things? Am I going to become one of those people now? And then I looked it up, and it turns out that in European releases, uh, it was Pizza Hut because Taco Bell wasn't well known outside of the U.S., which is a really strange. I don't know. I guess it's like the same company owned them both, and that's why it was is Pizza Hut. Um, they were going to do ta- Burger King or McDonald's, but they didn't want to be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird. That was very weird.
1: Positively wild. I, I, I was very amused by this. I mean, it was amusing just at, on its face doing the Taco Bell thing. And then, of course, it's like a very fancy, like, five-star, like, Michelin restaurant, of course, that they actually go to. But it's also, like, the fact that they change it between it releases is very good. That's I tried to find weird. what it was
2: in Brazil because we don't have Taco Bell. Like, it's not yeah. right. thing that exists. Um. And I was so I was trying, we do have Pizza Hut like was there when I was very little. It went away for a long time and went back when I was already an adult. But mm. I I couldn't find a dubbed version because that's looking for that dubbed version online is when I came across all the horrible men on Oh YouTube yeah <laughs> having so, yeah. horrible analysis. So I, I could but I will I will find out. That's YouTube for this. you.
1: Yeah. Isn't it? You you go for some <laughs> innocuous fun thing and then it's like Libertarian hellhole. Come on down. <laughs> like, but wow. I will find
2: out if it was, I think it was Taco Bell in Brazil. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. But I will that's, find out. This is my very important mission for the day.
1: Oh, that's incredible. I mean, we we don't need to go through plot beat by plot beat. At this point, we really are kind of like working on two levels. There's kind of two plots going on. One is that Simon finds out, of course, that he has been unfrozen and uh, conditioned uh, actually, to go and kill Edgar Friendly, who is kind of like a revolutionary, but not exactly a revolutionary. He's just one of the sewer guys who just wants freedom. He just likes freedom of speech and Pizza Hut and running around naked and whatever else that he's he he's Dennis Leary. He's Dennis Leary. Like
0: he <laughs> he, he he's played by Leary. Dennis Leary as Dennis Leary, <laughs> who's just like I just want to smoke and drink and read my Playboy's and <laughs> uh, eat Pizza Hut and Taco Bell and and fucking yep. die. Fuck yep. you.
1: But he's also like actually harmless. Like, he's played up as like, what a horrible terrorist because Cocteau just hates dirty people, uh, et cetera, et cetera, because he's an evil, racist pile of shit, you know, so Dirty and engineer. hungry, right?
2: Because that's a whole other point.
0: Yeah, and he, just, he lives they just in the, just the want sewers. Food. They live in the re- sewers because they don't play by society's rules and they make burgers out of rats.
2: They have yeah. meat because meat also, of course, is not allowed in the society. I will and not another- eat the
0: bugs, I will not live in the pod. <laughs> is what Dennis Leary says.
1: That's what he says. It's Dennis Leary as yeah,
2: just a true just a true libertarian icon, Dennis Leary. Uh the the meeting was also a common like thing. Like see this is the future. They I literally heard a person saying in a video. I'm sorry. I've just I'm No, appalled. you
1: you've you've gone through it today. I yeah.
0: I'm very
2: bad <laughs> lived actually. through some things, but
0: one <laughs> no, of the people, people yeah, people really think that the government is going to stop them from eating meat.
2: Yeah, when <gasps> just now the meat lobby like forced somewhere to not call beyond meat meat anymore. So anyway, yeah, that's the that was the whole thing. Like this is all see how they predicted the future. There's this conspiracy for us to like stop eating meat, and I'm like, when has that ever? I'm okay. Sorry,
1: right? Right? Yeah. That
2: was one of the other things because in the sewers where they're actually having all the fun even though they apparently are dirty um they get to eat meat, although of dubious that's another thing right the three seashells i think and the red burgers are probably and the taco barrel like to me the three most <laughs> commonly talking points of the movie
1: yeah like yeah. in
2: pop culture
1: a hundred percent. I feel but, like we also probably should discuss the VR sex scene, which is also oh pretty. funny. Yeah. That's it's yeah. Oculus. That's it's an the Oculus, Oculus rift. rift. It really super is. And it's probably my favorite scene in the movie, at least until, at least for the VR part of it, which is kind of funny. So, uh, you know, being Mr. Heroic or whatever, Mr. Action, Mr. Savage, uh, that Mr. Spartan is, uh, Sandra Bullock's character is like, would you like to have sex? I mean, she says it in like a ridiculous way because she says everything in a ridiculous way. And he's kind of like, oh, like now? Like, yeah, yeah, totally. And she's like, let me go get ready. She slips into something more comfortable and then puts a VR headset on him. And then they have like VR sex. That's just a whole bunch of like moaning and images and things like that. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked that he actually takes the helmet off like early she's pissed at him for stopping her well, it right? looks and he's scary. like i want the real thing i guess it's I, like
0: I... flashes of mm-hmm. images that are just like Ugh, uh. <laughs> like i always thought this scene was supposed to be like frightening yeah it's like a bad trip oh is it's this like pl- he, it seemed to me yeah like he, he it seems like he the way it's shot is just like, really yeah. startling and like yeah, yeah. unpleasant
1: I guess my fucking pervert take on it was that he was just so disappointed that it wasn't the real thing. <laughs> but like, perhaps I've just completely missed the whole idea that it's supposed to be scary. I because th- I thought he was having a great time until he's just like, "I've had enough. It's not real," and he's just like sad about it. But, I uh, had the same yeah. read.
2: I think it was a little bit of both. It was just like a disturbing and disappointing situation for him. Like
1: he wants fluid exchange. She's grossed out by that. He tries to kiss her. She's like, "Get out of my house." Thankfully, he gets out of her house. Uh which it could have been a really uncomfortable scene, but thankfully he does leave. Uh and then he of course starts making some connections that Simon Phoenix was actually hired. Hired isn't really the right word. I guess uh unleashed to get rid of Friendly who is, you know, such a disruption to the social order even though all he does is tries to steal food and just wants to run around and read Playboy is naked or whatever the fuck he wants to do. We start barreling towards, of course, an epic confrontation. But before that, we go to the sewers because we need to meet Edgar Friendly in his territory. So uh, Ben Bratt and Sandra Bullock and uh, Stallone go to the sewers and here's where we get the rat burger. Fernanda, do you want to talk about how fucked up this is? This is a oh, fucked up no. scene. Seems yes bad. i just want to say before <laughs> that i do love the sewer sets as always i like the production design in this movie but yeah uh yeah the scene yeah. Sucks. Sucks, sucks sucks yeah sucks, it's sucks.
2: terrible well two, a couple of things jack black is in the sewer so like that's a notable and i found a review like a raving review of jack black in the movie which is just strange to me because i didn't even remember he was there but the red burger scene is just um You know, we were talking about the racist sort of undertones throughout the movie and uh, Rodrigo, my fiance, is Mexican and he, uh, you know, he's very sensitive to those things, obviously, naturally, uh, understandably. But there was this particular scene with the Red Burger, which is served by this lady who is a Spanish speaker uh, and she has a unibrow. And it's just such a caricature and of course she is cooking and serving a rat burger and the whole scene is just and Rodrigo was like extremely unnerved by this particular yeah. frame but yeah but the rat yeah, burgers yeah. that's what people remember that that was I mean yeah, on and, the and, and, plus
0: side you know he's like eating this burger and then Sandra Bulks like "Uh, don't ask where the meat comes from he's like what do you mean like there's no cows and then uh, she's like oh it's rat and he's just like oh Oh, oh, this is the best burger I ever
1: had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It so is, not like, Ugh.
0: on that note. But, um, yeah. Yeah, just no, that is, that is true. That is kind of whack.
1: Paul's also noting, producer Paul's also noting, like, really indigenous, like, Andean outfit as well. So it's just, like, really throwing, like, this character, this character just kind of under the bus. So, like, I know Stallone's, or not Stallone, Spartan's, like, reaction to it isn't the worst thing, but it's just, like, Y'all, especially in a movie that's like been this un- insensitive in general about everything with yeah. regards to race, it's like, okay, guys, like, all right. Um, but yeah, we have we have the kind of meeting of the minds after this, uh, where Edgar Friendly, Dennis Leary, uh, kind of meets up with uh, Stallone, and of course, now at this point, we have uh, Simon Phoenix has awoken a crew. They have a whole crew, and they're going to go after. Not only Edgar Friendly, because whatever, you kill him, that's fine. But also, they're going to kill evil Mr. Rogers. And now we start barreling towards the epic ending, where, of course, we get, like, a giant, you know, kind of like a, kind of like a big old shootout, like a whole, like, siege scene, and then big shootout in the end. Of course... In the best set in the whole movie, which is that cryo facility, the, the cryo prison kind of thing, we've got gunshots, we've got explosions, we've got a hot woman's ass on ice in the frame for like many scenes here. A lot of quips, a lot of stunts. There's a big laser gun, and then we finally get hand to hand combat. And Simon Phoenix says a cab. He literally says, "I hate cops," which is pretty good. Um, <laughs> and we have we have like the biggest fight of the movie. This is like. This scene actually takes a long amount of time. (laughs) Like it's an appropriately epic ending, I guess, uh, which is, which is kind of fun. So he ends up actually killing uh, John Savage actually ends up killing Simon with like the freezer juice and then kicks his entire head off. Like his like meat popsicle head, just like kicks it off, which is uh, (laughs) quite an effect. Uh, and we, we get to the ending of the movie where, of course, John argues for both sides. He makes the cops and the scabs. Scabs, what a fucking name for them, but they are the people who are the underground sewer folks. He kind of is like, you guys need to, you know, clean up, and you guys need to get messy, and then, you know, you'll figure it out. It's literally the ending of this movie is Sylvester Stallone says, gotta hear both sides.
0: Centrist uh, uh, centrist <laughs> Sly Stallone. Uh, <laughs> centrist I, I want to point out Okay, yeah. He also just blow up the prison, which, like...
1: Oh, yes, he does. That is actually a good thing that he does,
0: yeah. Uh... Yeah.
1: I, well, oh, uh, yeah,
0: uh, no, there's I people in
1: it. Prisoners Never mind. There's
0: still people in it? Right, no, that's that was sort of my thing of, like... That's the
1: question. Is does, is everybody unfrozen because Simon unfreezes everybody? Right. Like, yeah, are in there which people? case, they
0: will probably still be dead. Um, Jesse Ventura, yeah. I want to point out, is one of oh my goons. god that's right he is he makes a brief appearance as one of the goons um yeah and um i also did want to shout out just because it never came up uh naturally but yes. um there's a character named associate bob who is sort of like oh, the, yes. the sniveling secretary to uh cocteau who then immediately is just like oh i'd be happy to help you uh simon phoenix like and then uh at the end does the same thing with uh uh Dennis Leary, played by Glenn Shaddix, who yes. loved that guy. What a great guy. Uh yeah. he was Otho in Beetlejuice. He's like the yes. interior designer. Uh, and he was the voice of the mayor of Halloween Town in The Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: Icon. 90s icon, truly. Well, I guess the 80s 90s icon. One small little
2: tidbit for them mo- from that moment when Wesley Snipes is i sorry, I keep calling them by their actor names, but I think that's easier. I've been keep
1: doing trying. the same thing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Where he's unfreezing <laughs> everyone, and then he just says, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer, I love that guy. Oh, my yeah. God.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shout out to Jeffrey Dahmer? Like, it's yeah. like just, they could, of all of the people they could have picked, how yeah. odd. Um what
2: choice. Yeah, it just contributes to what we were saying, right? The whole, like, irredeemable psychopath person. Like, it's just...
0: Like, it's not... Just, they didn't go for Manson. They went right? for Dahmer. <laughs> right?
1: Because Manson's the, the, you know, charismatic, at least, psychopath. Manson's, I
0: feel like, the go-to yeah. mass murderer. Also, well, I guess they didn't know this. This movie came out in 93? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was killed in
2: 94. Oh, so. he was still alive.
0: Uh still? yeah he was still alive um because I assume they were assuming he would still be alive in 2030 or whatever but uh no he was uh he was killed in 94 uh, gotcha. If they had gone with Manson well no Manson died in 2017 so that still wouldn't have worked but
1: <laughs> it would have been fresher for longer. I yeah. <laughs> what yeah. <how> that
2: brainstorming <laughs> session when, like, did they throw five s- serial killer names and just like, oh, on, you know, it doesn't work. He's dead. Like, uh, and it's just landed on Dahmer. Uh, that that must have been an interesting writing session.
1: I mean, honestly, considering how many rewrites it went through, I'm like, <laughs> True. honestly, that's probably how it went. Who knows
2: if he ad libbed that part, right?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, it's there's some. Some iconic lines. Um, Sandra Bullock's character shows that she is finally open to fluid exchange at the very end, and they kiss. There's like a double, like dip and kiss kind of thing going on. Like he dips her and kisses her, and she dips him and kisses him. And then they we end on a a bathroom joke. We end on a bathroom joke, which is fitting. <laughs> it's a fitting end, I think, to Demolition Man. Um, yeah, I, so I want to do, like, Fernanda had a very, very good couple of, like, last activities here for this movie. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody could probably figure out what I thought about it, but I thought it was a uh, a lot of fun in places, but had some real, real trash, trash-ass things to say. Love the production design. Genuinely love Wesley Snipes' performance. Could have done without a lot of the racism and bullshit, but... Fernanda had a couple of cool things. First, that we do is seashells rating. Uh, like, how many seashells does this movie get? And second, if we could choose one word or action that will be punishable by law in our dystopian future. In the libertarian hellhole dystopian future, what would it be? All right. So first, let's do seashells. Um, how many seashells? Now, of course, seashells are used uh, to clean your butt when you poop. So... Are we doing, like, uh, up
2: to five seashells?
1: Let's do, like, one to five seashells. Five right. being the most seashell, one being <laughs> the least. Now, and you can interpret it how you want. It's like, does five mean you have a messier cleanup job? Does that mean you know <laughs> All right. So, Fernanda, how many seashells do you give this movie? I'm going to give it two
2: and a half seashells uh, because <laughs> we're meeting in the middle. And that's the lesson that Centrist <laughs> teaches us uh, wow. by the end. And wow. I want to send that message out into the world. You know, that.
0: that's great. That's beautiful. that's I think it's
2: amazing to throw yeah. false equivalencies out there and just like so two and a
0: half. Yeah, Incredible. I think that that should stand. I'm actually going to take off half a seashell because, uh, Istvan Nemer, who is a Hungarian novelist, uh, claimed that Demolition Man ripped off one of his novels. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. and uh, I believe they settled out of court Um, but uh you know, that's uh that's half a seashell off, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it one and a half seashells. I'm gonna go even lower. I'm gonna give it one and a half seashells. One of them is for production design, and half is for no. I'm gonna give it one point one and three quarter seashells. But it's one a seashell fun movie. for production it's design. Form. Yes. That production design gets a whole seashell just on its own. Wesley Snipes gets half a seashell, and the uh, the this, this stupid sex scene gets a quarter seashell. A quarter of a seashell. Okay. I, I actually think be harsh. I think I, there a pla- fun. there's a place in my heart for really stupid movies. Like I want to be so clear about this. Like I have very low standards.
0: I, actually I think. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think Total Recall is a masterpiece. Like, I genuinely think so.
0: Yeah. No, I... Go ahead, go ahead. I just found it kind of boring. I don't know. Just, like, the action scenes didn't grab me and, like, everything else that was happening, just, like, it's, like, not that funny and, like, not enough action to carry the movie on its own. So I I was surprised to find that I wasn't, like, repulsed or, like, enraged or, like, whatever. I was just like, ah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: I just couldn't stop comparing it to Total Recall, mm. which only came out a couple of years before this and is, like, the high watermark, I think, for schlock sci-fi action. Like, a movie that's actually pretty stupid but has, like, a little bit of commentary, right? Has, has a little bit of, of something to say that they felt the need to, like, satirize America, you know, of course, in, in some ways. But also is, like, a genuinely fantastic time and a wonderful action movie in, like, every scene captures your attention Mm -hmm. this like reaches for that and i see it reaching i do and i give it credit for reaching mostly that production design is reaching i also do love the costume design a lot (laughs) in this movie but yeah it just didn't it didn't it didn't make it it didn't make it much like the hostages who weren't really dead or sorry john savage didn't kill them Simon phoenix killed them (laughs) (laughs) Spartans. god damn it I don't know why my brain has done this today. I'm so sorry to everyone, especially John Spartan. How dare I call you
0: John <laughs> you just, Savage? You just are a huge fan of uh, actor John Savage. Yeah, I no, really no, am no, known for I his roles in am. the Deer Hunter and uh, yeah. the TV series Dark Angel.
1: Honestly, Creepy. I am a fan. He's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm so as- sorry.
2: I know we're about to wrap up like I would just I'll I'll be like a a warmer voice toward the movie because even though I spent the entire morning feeling really bad about myself uh, (laughs) (laughs) about enjoying the movie because it does have some things that did not age uh, all that well I also take a little bit of the responsibility of the movie in the a bit of a – because, like, anything can yeah. be weaponized uh, if you see it through a, a certain lens, right? So, like, I I'll I'll will take it away from the movie a little bit, like, that sort of guilt because it was a little weaponized. And I, I personally, and, like, you uh, actually think it's a lot of fun, so.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I had fun with parts of it, for I sure. I don't think you
0: should feel bad for liking it. I think there's, yeah. like, there's things to like in this movie. I think it's just, like, not – my I just see like potential in a premise like this and Mm -hmm. like in a cast like this and like to some extent it's it's realized but like just I think it really shows that the script went through so many rewrites and there is some stuff that is fun in this movie to me but like and yeah it wasn't just that I was like oh it's it's politically incorrect Mm -hmm. or whatever so it's like it's just kind of like boring (laughs) but yeah yeah. but I get I get why someone could like it because there are definitely movies That I'm like, oh, this movie is so fucking good. And people are like, why? It's stupid as hell.
2: (laughs) Uh, Relatable. Are we doing the
1: uh, things that I will ban? Because I have one thing that I will
0: definitely ban in my my dystopia.
2: Yeah, I just
1: want to briefly throw in uh, Paul has another relatable reason for liking it with 3.2 seashells uh, from him because it's where his crush On Sandra Bullock started and that's valid I think that's very valid I actually do like her in this even though she's not really the focal point I I think she's fucking selling it with zero material basically and that's fun to watch so yes yes, please Fernanda go for it what is banned in this uh, libertarian hellhole future
2: yeah, it's. I, I feel like if I sat down to make a list, it would be a lot. Uh, I've grown very bitter with age, but I will say the one thing that I feel <laughs> is inexcusable public behavior, which is listening to things on your phone without headphones or yeah, know, or whatever, yeah. just out loud. Which might not make a lot of sense outside of Brazil because it's an endemic, like it's a problem in Brazil <laughs> uh, in public transportation and the likes. So I will throw that if you're in my dystopian future and I am, you know your ruler you will lose a lot of credits. You you'll be able to wipe your ass several times. Um yeah. if you with my weird credit paper if you listen to stuff out loud on your phone.
0: Mm.
1: 100%. Mary, do you have one?
0: Uh yeah, mine is um uh walking on the sidewalk at a speed that is like like refusing to get out of the way or mm. speed up when someone's behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically it's, it's going to be mostly sidewalk related things like stopping <laughs> mid sidewalk in New York, uh, walking like two or three by side and like not moving for individual people, uh, following too closely behind someone, uh, even without meaning to all that stuff. It's mostly the laws are going to be, I I don't th- believe we need a lot of laws to govern behavior. I do. Think that people become animals when they're walking on the sidewalk. Like people are behind a car at the wheel, it's fine. No, everyone knows to you behind a car. But like when you're walking, everyone just loses their fucking minds. And we need a harsh system of laws to to make society work.
1: Yeah. Because we live uh, in a
0: society. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Clearly, we live in a society. Paul's also saying no leaning on subway poles. That's his. That's his
0: that's bad too hey, everyone if you're gonna move to a big city you should learn how to do it how we do it downtown um <laughs> just like in the ghostbusters <laughs> so hold on to a pole, don't lean on it other people need to use that thing yeah anyway this is just now a podcast where i rant about stuff that people do wrong in public <laughs> and that i would valid, change too. yeah
1: uh I I mine is like a simple one and it's contextual, but like don't throw your fucking weights in a gym. Okay. Jesus.
0: Yeah, don't drop your weights. Don't throw your weights.
1: Good cra- Put so, them down. Don't throw gently. your weight Nobody around. Cares. God pisses me off.
2: Tell I me kinda that. like her dystopian future. I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: it's pretty good. It's pretty there are improvements. <laughs> you know, there's some good things that have happened in our in our version of it. And I'm glad, I'm glad we watched this movie because I had a lot of fun. Talking about it. I will say that. I will absolutely say that. It was a very fun movie to talk about, even if it doesn't necessarily hold up with what it was kind of going for. So, uh, without further ado, I think we're going to announce our next movie, unless there's anything else on Demolition Man or the libertarian hellhole future. <laughs> no? Okay, perfect. Next week, we are going to be watching White Man Can't Jump. We are continuing Snipes Month with a classic Snipes performance. Uh, you can watch along with us and leave questions or comments, of course, in the Discord. Uh, we actually have a podcast questions room, which is really good for this good stuff. And uh, that you can go to that at fanbyte.kasa on Discord. So that's really good stuff. Not on Discord. That is our Discord. It's fanbyte.kasa. Don't know what's wrong with my brain today. I keep saying John Savage, and then I'm saying there are things in the Discord uh, when I'm just giving you the URL for the Discord. But hey... We're going to muddle through anyway. Maybe I was socially conditioned in my sleep as I was frozen. That might have happened to me. Uh, anyway, that is what we have for you this week. We do hope you enjoyed your cinematic journey with us. Please do take a moment, if you can, and rate and review our podcast. You could tell a friend, because word of mouth is really how we uh, sort of spread our, our little podcast wings and get to other people. You can listen to all of our shows at fanbitecom slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at media, Instagram at TikTok at fanbyte. And of course, on fanbite.com, you can watch our very good streams on twitch.tv slash fanbite. Thank you so much to Paul, Franchise Warrior Tamayo, for producing the show today. We appreciate you. We appreciate your notes. We appreciate all the good things you do for us. Uh, Fernanda, where can we find you online?
2: You can find me on Twitter at Nanda Prates, P-R-A-T-E-S underscore. And you can also find my podcast on our lovely uh, podcast network. It's called Best Camp of My Life. It is about MMA, but it is also about several other things that are not MMA or are only loosely related to MMA. So if <laughs> you're interested in any of that, you might enjoy it.
1: Hell yeah. Merit, how about you?
0: Uh, I'm at Mary Kay on Twitter and Twitch.
1: Excellent. I am at Danielle Ri on Twitter. I guess I am on Twitch too, but I don't really stream much myself. And that's okay. And that's good. So again, next week we have White Man Can't Jump. And until then, you love to see it. (laughs)
0: Hi, Merrick Kay here for the FanBite Podcast Network. I'd like to tell you about Channel F, a show where we talk about the games we're playing. Can I just say yeah. how much I would love for there to be a Hitman game that's just about making people experience embarrassing social faux pas, trying to like prank people and make it seem like they had farted or like tripped on something? <laughs> that would be like very good. <laughs> Dig up weird finds at thrift stores. So the <laughs> listing says Bung Doctor V64. <laughs> and take your questions about the best jokers. Blabars Martin asks what's the best or coolest weapon ever given to a mech? Gundam Gusion
1: Rebake has a really good... Give me me that one more time. Gundam Gusion Rebake. Yo, I heard you.
0: (laughs) Gundam (laughs) Gusion. I personally guarantee as the president of podcasts at Fanbyte that listening to Channel F will make you a better, smarter, more powerful version of yourself. So go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts or search for Channel F on your podcast app of choice today. Improvement not guaranteed. Listening to Channel F may cause jokerification.